the transcendent knowledge. As I have heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks, great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called profound illumination. At the same time, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then, through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, How should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Dressed in this way, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way. Seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature, form is emptiness, emptiness is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, datu of dharmas, no mind consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, guide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. <coughs> <coughs> Shandara Zamarayam Veteyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangati Bodhisoha 
Papa Gonjo Zonjiga is in Pitujishi, Obodoji, Mebodoji, Shivadoji, Jagi, Baji, Metum Bishu, Tonjisha, Dinko, Yeso, the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. Imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas, high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love. Let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready, a shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide.
Neydi? Parşin şeydun Ramazan. Yine Togun Kamalajo. Tamamızla Samajan Sosyete <coughs> Okay, so again today we are looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Uh, again, looking at the outline, we find that it begins with how to rely upon the teacher that is the root of the path. Uh, and then the second category of the stages of how students train their minds after having relied upon the Lama. Uh, under that category, we find two uh, headings, an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, and then how to take full advantage of, of life of leisure and opportunity. Under that second category, we find the actual way to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. Under that category of how to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and then we find three major headings, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. The first category, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, we find three categories. First, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity. Uh, second, the measure of of the attitude of a person of small capacity, and then third, dispelling any misconceptions related to the person of small capacity.
capacity. Uh, under the first category, the actual train of thought of a person of small capacity, we find two ma major headings, developing the state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives, and then a second uh, category of relying on a method or a means of achieving happiness in one's next life. Uh, so that's the section that we're dealing with currently. Uh, so under that section that has uh, relying on a method or a means of achieving happiness in one's uh, next life, we find two major headings. First, uh, uh, refuge, uh, and then karma and its results. Uh, so we're in the section on karma and its results, and uh, that section is called developing the faith in, of conviction in karma and its results, parentheses, that is the root of all temporary happiness and certain goodness. Uh, so that's the major name of the section that we're dealing with. Uh, and then there are three uh, categories that uh, we deal with in that section. First, reflecting on <coughs> karma and its effects in general. Second, <coughs> reflecting on karma and effects in detail or the particulars of karma and its effects. Uh, and then the third category of after one has re reflected on karma and its effects in general, how one uh, abandons non-virtue and engages in virtue. Uh, so that's the third category. The first category of reflecting on karma and its effects in general, uh, we find two major headings under that. The actual way to reflect on karma and its effects in general and reflecting on the distinctions among the varieties of karma. Uh, so the actual way to reflect on karma's effects in general has four categories. Uh, the first category is the certainty of karma. The second category is the magnification of karma. The third category is not experience the results of actions that you have not done. And then the fourth category is that the karma that you have committed does not perish or the actions you have done uh, do not perish. Uh, so that's the four categories under the actual way to reflect on uh, karma and, and its effects in general. And then the second category we find reflecting on the distinctions uh, among the varieties of karma. And in that section we find two uh, major categories. First, the principal teachings on the ten paths of action. Uh, and then the determination of the effects of actions. Uh, so we've gone over the principal teaching, uh, and now we're dealing with the uh, determination of the effects of actions. Uh, and in that section, we find three categories, black actions and their effects, white actions and their effects, and a presentation of other classifications uh, of karma. Uh, so under the first category, black actions and their effects, uh, we find three <coughs> major headings. First, the actual paths of black actions. Second, the distinctions of weight. Uh, and then the third category of an exposition of the results or of the effects. Uh, so now uh, we're currently under the first heading, the actual path of black action, uh, which begins with killing. And if we look at among the ten non-virtuous actions, uh, there have to be four ac aspects uh, present in order for a complete path of action. Uh, so those four are as follows. We first have to um, have the basis. Uh, second, there has to be attitude. Third, performance of the deed. And then fourth, the actual culmination or the completion. Uh, so this is what we're dealing with uh, at this point. Uh, we've already gone through, when we look at the ten non-virtuous deeds, we find three non-virtues of the body, four non-virtues of the speech, and three non-virtues of the mind. We've gone over the three non-virtues of the body, killing, stealing, and sexual misconduct. And we've gone over the first three non-virtues of the speech. Uh, um, so now we're on the fourth non-virtue of, uh, of, the, of the speech, uh, um, Gossip. So we've gone through lying, divisive speech, offensive speech, uh, three, the three, and now we're dealing with gossip, which I think is called uh, senseless speech here. Uh, 
So uh, that's what we're the section that we're in. We're on page 223 now uh, in the English and 170 in the Tibetan, I think. Jadan, don't you? Tibetan Jadan, don't you? Okay. Lapsar. Again, the English is on page 223. <laughs> <laughs> History. <laughs> Okay. Nine? Number then this sum, the Nampa, the sum, Donda Yimba, Donda Mepa. Then you go on, go. Son to go on there. Two double what 
So now when we get uh, uh, to the sex section on senseless speech or gossip, we find that there have to be four aspects, uh, as with all of the other activities, in order for a complete uh, path of action to be completed, or for a path of action to be completed relating to senseless speech or gossip. Uh, so when we look at these four uh, basises, we find that we begin first with the basis of senseless speech is that it is a topic that is not meaningful. Uh, sometimes that uh, um, uh, it can be translated as uh, important, um, but the word meaningful is the most accurate translation of it. Um, and last week we went over it slightly. Um, I didn't get to go into the perfection uh, of wisdom teachings in order to retrieve it. I looked for a short amount of time and didn't 
get the information, so I have to come back to it again, unfortunately, because uh, I couldn't find it in the Abhisama Alamkara. Uh, but the, here, uh, something without meaning, uh, we find a, a classification of various categories of nine, uh, things with meaning and not with meaning, uh, in the perfection of wisdom teachings. And we find that the, mostly we're talking about the non-Buddhist uh, assertions. Uh, and then there are various examples, such as the offerings that are made, uh, um, uh, that, such as blood and, and, and uh, flesh to gods and so forth. Uh, these are not meaningful. So they give a bunch, various examples of, of things that aren't meaningful. But mostly, uh, Rinpoche said, they're speaking of non-Buddhist tenet systems uh, um, in this case. Uh, and then other things that don't have meaning, which we'll get into. Uh, but Rinpoche said one of the main bases is the non-Buddhist uh, assertions uh, and, and their beliefs and so forth. Uh, so just talking about them. And last week Rinpoche said, because they're not valid cognition, they're not valid. Uh, and that's why it becomes not meaningful. Um, so I'm going to table any of the extra information that I'm not going to get exactly accurate right now, again, because I, I just don't want to give an inaccurate presentation because Rinpoche would never give an inaccurate presentation. So his translator shouldn't. Uh, so I will table the, there's a few details in there around what is meaningful and not meaningful uh, that we will look into. Um, and then when we get to the second uh, category um, uh, of attitude, we find that there are the three points of attitude, the perception, uh, the motivation, and then the, the affliction. So first, the perception uh, is uh, um, the, the, to have the thought to speak of something and then speak of something that doesn't have meaning. Uh, so this is the actual perception. One is perceiving, is having this thought to speak of something unmeaningful, uh, and then actually speak something that isn't meaningful, uh, or a looser way that isn't important. Um, so this is the uh, first point uh, of perception. Uh, and then the next point is the actual uh, um, uh, um, uh, um, motivation uh, to, 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 or the desire to make an arbitrary remark uh, or to make a, an unconnected remark that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, so that's the motivation. Uh, and when we look at the actual uh, um, uh, um, um, uh, perception, uh, it doesn't mat- there doesn't have to be an object um, of our perception that we are gossiping to. So that it, when we look at the uh, actual first part of this, where we're, we're perceiving it, and then we're, we have this motivation and so forth, and then we actually comp- complete this deed where we engage in this performance, which is the next step we're about to get into, there doesn't have to be an object to which we're performing. Um, so that's part of the per- perception category, is that uh, we're perceiving that we're going to say something that doesn't have meaning, but there's not an object that we have to be perceiving uh, in order to uh, um, then follow it through, in order for a complete path of action to be complete. So we could be saying it to a tree. It wouldn't matter. There doesn't have to be a basis of an individual there to receive that information. So then the performance itself is saying something that is not meaningful or not connected. Uh, so that's the actual performance, is, is saying it. Uh, uh, and then the completion, uh, Rinpoche didn't get into because he said that's a, there's a long section uh, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So then uh, when we get into the culmination uh, or the completion, that's an actual completion is that when one utters the or says complete saying the senseless speech or the gossip. So when this has been said, uh, then there is completion. Uh, and then it, it goes on to say, furthermore, senseless uh, speech has seven bases. Um, so I just, I've been asking, what I was asking Rinpoche is, is the English seems like uh, this means the first category. And it seems like now we're speaking the seven categories of completion. So Rinpoche is saying that these seven deal with completion. Uh, so these seven categories are under the com completion or culmination uh, category, and it's not referring to then seven categories of the first. So that's what I was uh, trying uh, to clarify. Uh, and this uh, falls, Jaman Sheba has the various divisions of the uh, basis of the actual culmination, uh, and then uh, the divisions, uh, and then Sumba Gare, Jaman Sheba? Ewa, Sumba? Sumba? Oh, debate. And then the last is like a debate or dialogue uh, in Jayan Sheba's uh, categories. Um, so this is going to be the actual basis of culmination or, or if that's probably the best way to uh, translate it. Uh, so we're going to go through sit now through the actual uh, texts. So if we were to say, what does Jayan Sheba say the actual culmination of 
senseless speeches, he would say the actual completion or the actual culmination is having finished an utterance of useless talk or having uttered useless speech. Uh, so this is what Jayant Sheva says is the actual culmination. Uh, and then the next category is divisions and then the debate or dialogue. So it says, furthermore, uh, and so these gossip has seven bases. So then these seven bases are as follows. So um, and uh, speaking of fighting, fault finding, disputes, uh, and and divisions, and one thing I missed before, Rinpoche, non-Buddhist, he also gave the example of talking about history and things of that nature, just in the last translation. So here, speaking of fighting, so this could be speaking of war, uh, wars, and so forth. So talking about the First World War, the Second World War. Uh, and so forth. So these are examples of speaking of fighting. So talking about various wars going on or fighting and so forth. So this is the first category. Uh, the second category is fault finding. This is finding fault in, in everything. Finding, just spending time finding faults in someone uh, and so forth. So this is what fault finding is referring to. Disputes. Uh, they chose not to use the word debate uh, here, but it's actually the word for debate. Um, uh, so Rinpoche said any kind of uh, debate or uh, dispute, um, um, it's almost, I don't know, but the word dispute almost infers that there's something wrong, um, but it's more of debate. And then Rinpoche gave the example of, of lawyers uh, and so forth who go back and forth. That is a dispute, but they're going back and forth with th this opinion and that opinion. And then I asked, well, then how do we differentiate because there's debate this word is used for the word you use at Drepung when you debate. Um, and Rinpoche said, this is speaking of anything other than Dharma debate. 
So debating about things that aren't Dharma. So he said, not a debate that is not Dharma. Um, so I just wanted to, looking at that word, is really talking about debating, argument, going back and forth debating uh, in a non, non-religious way. And divisions here, um, uh, divisions is referring to dividing uh, people. Here it almost looks like it's going to then tell us some divisions, and then we're, because there's a semicolon, I think. Uh, but what divisions here is referring to is dividing people. It's almost like divisive speech. It's, uh, um, and I said, uh, uh, they've used the word for, that you would use for how many divisions of this or that. And he said that's appropriate to do because that is also separating out people. You can use that word for dividing out people by saying something that, that, that makes them separate, that makes them divide. Uh, so that's the what the meaning of this last category is. Dixon, so so this last category, Rinpoche is saying, is really what we spoke about during the divisive speech section, where it's talking about making beings who are compatible or uh, are incompatible, either becoming incompatible or remaining incompatible. Um, so uh, that's what we decided. And we also realized that we can use various concordant, harmonious, uh, and they actually use all of those words in the next two pages to translate tumba. So uh, when we were discussing a week or two ago about if we could use the word harmonious, uh, they actually use the word harmonious on the next page for that same word. Um, so uh, that's the meaning of, of that. And that's the meaning then when we get into this divisions section of what the divisions is speaking of, dividing people, making those who are compatible incompatible, those incompatible remaining incompatible. Do you so? Okay, so this is the first among the seven. Speaking of fighting, fault finding, disputes, and divisions. Less so. Uh, So the second category uh, is as follows. Uh, Speech such as transmitting and reciting texts with the mind that delights in the treatises of non-Buddhists or in the mantra vehicle of Brahmins. Uh, So here, uh, this is speaking of those who follow uh, Brahma, 
the, an example is of those who follow Brahma. Uh, and here is, like, is when you are reciting these non-Buddhist treatises, uh, and you like doing so, so you're delighting in it and you're reciting it, uh, this becomes um, gossip or useless talk. Uh, so w we find that there are the four texts that they believe are valid cognition. Uh, that is an example of, of what uh, we could be speaking of reciting here. Uh, and these are not. So therefore they are uh, considered gossip when we, we recite them. Uh, and I commented that this is similar to what Rinpoche is speaking of in the perfection of wisdom teachings. And he said, yes. Uh, so this is what we were referring to. Those texts, those tenets, the recitation of those non-Buddhist tenets uh, falls into that category. Uh, so that's number two among the seven. Lentas, <laughs> Faulty wisdom. Okay. Uh, so we find in the first uh, um, chapter of Dharmakirti's Pramanavartika Karika uh, where he uh, states that uh, the texts that the Brahmins assert, the four texts that the Brahmins assert uh, to be valid cognition are not because there is a faulty wisdom present. Uh, so there is faulty wisdom present, and then there are various other uh, examples of. For instance, the, those uh, Hindus who believe that washing, uh, bathing in the Ganges River is a way in order to purify sins. Uh, so this would be another example of a, an, of, of a fault, faulty wisdom, a wisdom that is faulted, uh, that is not valid. Uh, so even though it's asserted as valid cognition, that assertion that it's valid cognition is a faulty wisdom. Uh, so that's the point that uh, Dharmakirti makes. Uh, and then other examples... Uh, are that Shiva, uh, for instance, created the whole world or the whole universe. And then there's also the group of people that have a jump, they have a trident, a th uh, and they believe that by jumping on a trident, if it goes through them in a certain way, then this is liberation. Uh, so there's a followers that believe that jumping on a spear uh, is the way to become liberated. So this is another category of faulted wisdom. Uh, uh, so this, these talking of all of these things would be considered uh, uh, gossip or senseless speech. Uh, these would all categorically be under, under that. So these tenets, these assertions that I'm speaking of, such as the trident, such as the Shiva, such as the washing of the water, these are all faulty uh, and would be considered gossip.
So number two is speech such as transmitting and reciting texts with a mind that delights or finds joy in the treatises of non-Buddhists or in the tantric vehicle of Brahmins. and then Ngu, the, the Chu. Okay, okay. Um, so, uh, ex- third category is expressions of helplessness, such as wailing. Um, so, here, for instance, if your mother or father dies and you go on and on, I'm helpless now, I have nothing that I can do, my mother has died, uh, how will I go on? Uh, and then. Uh, and then it says, in, such as wailing, uh, so in, in perhaps crying as one is doing it. I, Rinpoche said it doesn't, it could be not crying also. One could be saying all these things while not crying. Uh, but the word for crying, such as crying, uh, the word wailing, uh, maybe it's a better translation. I've already heard, always heard crying. Maybe it means the same exact thing. Uh, <laughs> so uh, here, this is really a first category of helplessness is just expressing this over and over, I'm, I'm lost, I've got no, nothing, nowhere to go, this sort of thing, and then such as wailing. Uh, so that's it. <laughs> Jolan, <laughs> Kibomawasa. <laughs> Tamuta, Give a camera. Then a soba. 
Gangur Shebata, Gangur Shebata. Soccer, Dangrapudu? Chibu, 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 Okay. Uh, so number, number four. Uh, so we've gone through the first three. Uh, the first three, speaking of fighting, fault finding, disputes and vision and divisions, number one. Number two, speech such as transmitting and reciting texts with a mind that delights in the treatises of non buddhasur and the mantra vehicle Brahmins. Number three, expressions of helplessness such as wailing. And then number four is where we are. And number four, there are those four points. The speaking of laughter, play, entertainment, and enjoying. So here, speaking of laughter uh, is speaking of things that are, are funny, that make one laugh, uh, joking and so forth. Uh, so this is what speaking of laughter is referring to. Uh, second is playing around. Uh, so just uh, playing in some way. Uh, that uh, just playing around. Rimache's the word simitsik, uh is just means playing also. Uh, so this the word playing around. Entertainment is uh, seeking out something that uh, brings you uh, um, uh, some kind of happiness that you participate in. So something that entertains you uh, is entertainment. I try to get more uh, uh, dialogue on that. And it's just anything that you're entertained by. Uh, and then enjoyment is seeking out uh, um, uh, some kind of, uh, um, speaking of some sort of things in a way that make, make it enjoyable to, make it an enjoyable interaction. So uh, saying things that make everyone around <coughs> happy and make people, that Rinpoche said, make people happy, make people joyful by saying it. Uh, so, uh, um, uh, so it's almost like joking. This enjoyment is like saying words so that everybody enjoys what you're saying, and, and everybody enjoys the time. Uh, so um, I don't know any other way to put it, but that's the, that's the point of enjoyment. It's uh, trying to make everyone enjoy by, be, by the words that you're saying, and enjoy the words that you're saying. What the gibbaton, chibbaton, gawaton, gawashibaton, gangur, chibbamamas, So that's number four. Speaking of laughter, uh, play, uh, entertainment, or enjoyment. Tangabatere, jabutan, lumbutan, jabutan, lumbutan, yutan, kumbi, tanla subi, dunzing tamamas, dunzing tamamotangabatere. ตาจับกเกษเชมาอมรละตะนะเนจอจูวาชิงตุนซาดาตาวอตะนะจับกเกษเชมาอมรละตะนะเนจอจูวาชิงตุนซาดาตาวอตะนะจับกเกษเชม
Tenne kombe itala soba koma koma tenne lomba tenne koma moyurtas koma chuku ngama koma kuberda koma kesha mojia yurota Goma goken geche she goma geche she kudenji ke goma goken Kombe itaso to koma goken tanurota koma goken te koma te koma te kubare ana del koma moyuare chimomishi da juro otusin sar Kombe itala sobe ドゥジンタマワソドゥジンタタナソモソモドゥデアケチャモシエダジュロトスレスタテンガバテンサレンタンボドンデガレアでナパタデワンツーナイエレテンガバデタンボジャブタジャブソロタジャブタンガジョジ
It doesn't matter if it's a large type of a thief who's stealing large things or something very small. It's talking of thieves in, in general. Uh, so we'll take a short break uh, and give out uh, stuff and we'll be right back. Uh, so now we're back to the seven aspects or basis of completion here. Tambut I think goings on could be commotion too, I think. That's another lighter way I think we can translate it. Thing goings on. Alright, so number one. So when we get to the seven basis of uh uh, this completion or culmination, we begin w- with the ones we've gone over already. So the first one, uh, speaking of fighting, uh, finding faults, fault finding, disputes and divisions. So that's number one. Uh, number two, speak such, uh, speech such as transmitting and reciting texts with a mind that delights in treatises of non-Buddhists or in the mantra vehicle of Brahmins. Number three, expressions of helplessness such as wailing. Number four, speaking of laughter, play, entertainment, or enjoyment. Uh, number five, uh, talking about news of commotion, such as news of kings, ministers, nations, and thieves. Uh, um, and, and now uh, we're on number six. Number six, speaking like a drunkard uh, or a lunatic. So here, uh, speaking like a drunkard uh, doesn't mean that one is necessarily drunk. Or it means that one is talking like someone who is intoxicated <coughs> on alcohol. Uh, so here, sp- that's why it's like a drunkard. So that was the clarification I made, that it, there does not have to be alcohol involved in order for this to take place. You could be acting like someone who is drunk, speaking like, speaking like someone who is drunk. And then a lunatic. Uh, so this is someone who is crazy uh, or, or mentally ill, speaking out. Uh, like someone who is is mentally ill. The word the nyumba is really crazy. So speaking like someone who is crazy. Uh, so speaking like someone who is drunk or speaking like someone who is crazy. 
Okay, okay. Uh, and then uh, number seven is to talk of one who maintains a wrong livelihood. Uh, so uh, here, this is speaking of someone who lives uh, in the a wrong way. Then they they so speaking of someone who, Rinpoche said that the commentary on this isn't very clear in this section, so we're going to get back to it. Um, so I'll just, we'll end with that, number seven, the talk of one who maintains a wrong livelihood. Huh. ตามตามนั้นเราเลยทําตามสารวัตรจึงอาจารย์อ๋อๆๆโอเคว่าตัวก็ดาวน์นั้นจึงอาจารย์เราตัวอาชีพมาแล้วนะจ้าเจ้า
Kesin hazırlığı oyumarız. Çöydamı debarız. Kungaçı izna debar o. Çöyüğün var burada. Çöydamı debarız. Dönde adamı debar. Dönde oyumarız. Ngaçı tutu. Dönde adamı debar. Havan ne? Dene kema gana de ca. Ngaçı yiyen. Gangisine dönde meyba. Ha 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 ha. De ngaçı yiyen. Ta ngaçı o dedi. Gava mayma ngaçı yiyen zir o da. Yengi dedi. Ah,ok。好啊，那是，那是，那是，满嘴巴掌啥？那是满嘴巴掌，可能有木头吧？有木头掌巴掌？对呢。Jengi ดูกะเคียนละสุบาลาตายอยู่ที่นั้นอันนั้นก็สิ่งนั้นดูกะดูกะเตบิตุนะเห็นบ่ดูกะตัวอุคิเจตราวเคบันดูชาบิวอกว
we have the seven basis, uh, and then we get into the debate. So now this next uh, part will deal with uh, what Jamian Sheba says is the section of debate in the culmination, the three divisions of the culmination. <laughs> Nagging so here is the section where a doubt arises. So we have a debate, uh, the section of debate. It says there are two systems with regard to the three first vocal faults. One asserts that they are senseless speech and one that they are not. However, what I've stated here is in line with the former. Uh, so here, it's Jay Rinpoche is stating that there are two um, um, thoughts according to uh, these four non-virtues of the speech. Uh, there's a, uh, I don't want to say the word lineage, but there's, I'm going to use it just in a loose way. There's a lineage that feels that the first three non-virtues of the speech, lying, divisive speech, and offensive speech, are gossip. And then there are other, there's another, I'll call system. There's another system that feels that uh, these things, uh, lying, divisive speech, and offensive speech, are not gossip. Lama Tsongkhapa follows that they are. So Lama Tsongkhapa states that he is following the system that says that the three, <coughs> lying, divisive speech, and offensive speech, are all gossip. So he's just positing that there are other systems that state that they are not. He's following the system that states that they are. And this is the debate section. So when we look at these uh, categories of Jamian Sheba's uh, text, uh, when we look at the culmination section, we find the three divisions, basis, uh, um, and then divisions, and then the debate. So this falls into the debate, uh, or, dis or doubts. Uh, the word is kind of, is about doubt is in there, but it's also debate. It's looking at doubts. Maybe, uh, yeah, looking at doubts or, yeah, looking at doubts. Um, so here, Jay Rinpoche is saying that there are two systems uh, um, when we look at these points. One system that says that the first three, uh, lying, um, harsh words, and divisive speech are 
certainly gossip or useless talk or senseless talk, uh, and the other system that states that they, they are not. Uh, so Jay Rimache is following the first system. Shirubi Lomu So in Shamar Pandita, we find very similar expression that we're finding right here in the Lamram Chemo. Uh, so we find the first category of speaking of fighting, fault finding disputes and dividing uh, to be very similar to Shamar Pandita's points. Uh, the next points, a speech such as transmitting and reciting text uh, with, with a mind that delights in the treatise of non-Buddhists here uh, or in the mantra vehicles of Brahman, Shamar Pandita breaks it down into various uh, examples or categories, such as the non-Buddhists' uh, um, tenets, uh, as mentioned here, in the, the non-Buddhist systems, the ancient systems, uh, uh, such as Brahmins and so forth, but then goes on to speak also of systems such as the Hashan view uh, that it entered into Tibet that some were followers of, and also the Bon tradition. <laughs> points in the Bon tradition that are not compatible 
uh, would be considered this. And then also expressions of the Nagas. Rinpoche said that there's points that are made, uh, um, and I'm not clear 100% on this, but it's expressions of the Nagas and it's a text about worldly things, um, uh, um, beneficial worldly things. Um, and we can look further into this. Uh, so this would be a category of something that would be considered uh, useless talk or, or gossip. Uh, and then also things such as black magic, magic and so forth. Um, so uh, these were more examples that Shamar Pandita uh, gives in his text that we don't find here. Um, so these are some, some examples. Uh, and then the rest of it, uh, we find the same points made. Uh, expressions of, of helplessness. Uh, speaking of laughter, play, entertainment, enjoyment. And then he talks about uh, talking about uh, the goings-on, such as the things about kings and ministers and uh, uh, things that are going on, and then goes into speaking like someone who is drunk or crazy, and then the last one about the live, wrong, talking about, or uh, one who maintains a wrong livelihood. Uh, so Shamar Pandita has very similar points to here, but we find some extra examples that are worthwhile and helpful in our uh, investigation. So in, <laughs> in uh, Liberation in the Palm of Your Hand, you find a very large amount of examples and points that are made, but you never see the seven you don't see where the relation to these seven specific things uh, in there. So you see a lot of information, but you don't find the 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 sev, the dun yomare. Uh, so to find the count or to, the, where this in, you know enumeration or the way we're doing it with Jaman Sheba is difficult if we use the liberation because there's many many examples, but we we don't find them the seven specific. But the not, the liberation in the palm of your hand has so many things that are beneficial for our mind. Seven thousand. Uh, so when we get together, when we look at uh, um, previously, when all of the monasteries would get together, it would be six or seven thousand uh, monks together, and we'd get together and talk. Uh, so we would say that we are going to gossip. So we would say that because we're just talking, we would say that we are all a group of us engaging in uh, useless talk. So we would say this uh, when we would get together because we were all just talking. So now we, we finish those four and we arrive at the three. Uh, of the mind, the four of the, the speech, now we've arrived at the three of the mind. So the three negativities of the mind are covetousness, uh, a harmful intent or malice, and then wrong views. Uh, so now we're currently dealing with covetousness. <laughs> Uh, 
Okay. So, so first, uh, when we look at covetousness, like all of the other ten, uh, we need to have the four aspects per- present. So we have to have the basis, attitude, performance, and completion present uh, in order for there to be a complete path action uh, re- relating to covetousness as well. Uh, so the first, uh, the basis of covetousness are the wealth or possessions of another. So wanting the uh, uh, items that someone has or the house that someone has, uh, this is the basis of covetousness, this wanting of the wealth, wanting of things. Prayer. Okay. Uh, so here uh, we begin with the basis. So we look at the four basis attitude, performance, and culmination. We begin with the basis. Basis of covetousness are the wealth or possessions of another. So the things that someone else has. Of the three aspects of attitude, the perception is perceiving the basis to be what it is, perceiving it to be the wealth or uh, possession of another. 
so this is the perception. You're perceiving that it is someone else's thing. Uh, and then the affliction is any among the three. So uh, the affliction is uh, um, coveting something out of desire, coveting something out of anger, coveting something uh, out of delusion. Uh, and then the motivation is the desire to make the property or wealth your own. So uh, wanting to make it your own. So one is motivated to have it as their own. Uh, the performance is striving at that completed purpose. Uh, um, the culmination is thinking, uh, may it become mine about the wealth uh, and the like. So this culmination is like an aspirational prayer. Uh, may I, may it become mine. So Rinpoche used the word uh, the word that is used for prayer or for uh, aspiration to explain what this may it become mine it means. Uh, so it's, it's like this aspiration, this wanting, this wishing that this property of someone else's can become your own property. Uh, so this is uh, covetousness. Uh, and this is uh, um, the complete, uh, how it is completed. This is the culmination. Uh, once one thinks may it become mine about wealth and the like. Could you hand Rinpoche his bag, Lech? Thank you. It's a te- there's a text in there, Richie. Or not, it'll be easier for me. Bechagare, Rimche. Did the Kali Kali Kapi? So Rimache has the Jamyan Sheba um, notes, text. ナセンテナシナセンゴジゴジテチェバラカルゴグルスナチュンガサンゴルスチュンガサナナセンゴジテチェバラベニバニバテネワトルチュンガサンバルゴルドワアンデンソンバソンバタマドブセレマドブセ
so the giant Sheba breaks this section down into three categories. Um, uh, Rimache said we'll get through them. I was trying to get clarification on the meaning of each of the three, and Rimache said we'll go through them. So the first one is the abbreviation of the meaning uh, uh, of for of covetousness. The abbreviation of uh, of 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 this culmination. So it says, uh, Asanga describes this as a determination that it will become yours. For this to be a full-fledged covetousness, five qualities are required. So first, uh, we have uh, the abbreviated meaning or the abbreviation, Jaman Sheba says. And then the second part is at what is actually needed. And, and then the third uh, is uh, if if these aren't present, then there's not actual covetousness. So it's the first is what's actually needed, and then the last section is if these aren't there, then it's not. Um, so uh, these are the th so that's the correct because I see it down here. So that's the correct third category. Um, so we begin with uh, abbreviation. Uh, abbreviation. Bene, tambo. Oh, that the nasela suba nasela suba. Shesun tesa nola nola suba tada. ノラソバダガジュジニャバデオデノテバテンサレタテノラソバダガジュバタナセンゴジドゥヨアラカゼサンゴチュンガサンゴレスチュンガサナナセンゴジドゥバチグレチュンガマソナナセンゴジドゥ
so the five qualities are as follows. So if we were to say show or posit these five qualities uh, that uh, Asanga describes, they're as follows. Uh, um, having, uh, so Rinpoche said it was in the compendium of determinations, uh, Doa. Uh, so here it says, having a mind that is exceedingly attached to your own resources is the first. Uh, second is having a mind of attachment that wants to accumulate resources, accumulate enjoyments. Uh, number three, having a mind of longing due to comprehending or experiencing the good uh, things of others. 
their wealth and so forth. So Rinpoche said, for instance, uh, seeing uh, people who have things that you really want, uh, items that you really want. And sometimes if you go to the market, you see things that people are getting and you really want those things that they have or you see the things that people have when you go out and you want those things. Uh, so this is uh, um, what this has meant. Comprehending or experiencing the good things of others. So seeing the good things of others, their wealth and so forth. Having an envious mind, thinking that whatever is another's should be your own. So uh, um, envying uh, um, what others have and then thinking that what you are envious of you should have. Um, so this is the uh, fourth category. And then the fifth is having a mind that is overcome due to covetousness by shamelessness and an obliviousness about the determination to be free from the faults of covetousness. So you have this mind that's overcome by covetousness. You have no shame whatsoever about it and don't see any reason not to be covetous. Uh, so this is the, the fifth category. Um, and then it goes on to say, if any, uh, if any one... Uh, of these, uh, uh, I'm sorry, one second. For if any one of these five minds is not present, there is no actual covetousness. Uh, the levels of yogic deeds says to apply these five to all ten non virtues. So those are the five. Oh, you know, let me wait till we get to it and when Rinpoche repeats it, but I think that the third category of the Jamyan Sheba is how it is not full-fledged. But instead of if the five aren't present, there was a negative in there and I took it as the five not present, but it's not full-fledged, I think. But let's wait and see when we get to it. Less so. Okay. あ、ロンシュスバンデビ、ロンシュスバンデビ、カンチャクセンタンテンバ。チャラモンボグニャビオテ、ドチャイケンジゴレス、ニバチェロワ。ジェンジネンラ、ジェンジネンラ、ソバ
So then it says the levels of yogic deeds says to apply these five to all ten non-virtues. So uh, here this is the uh, Asanga's text, the level of yogic deeds. Um, it says that one is to apply uh, all of these five um, uh, requirements or qualities to all ten non-virtues. Uh, it says, as for the manner in which an action might constitute covetousness that is not full-fledged, is such covetousness when you give rise to the following uh, desires. Uh, so here, uh, we've gone over then uh, the, the basis of covetousness, which is the wealth or possession uh, of another, and then the attitude, uh, and then the, the performance uh, and then now the culmination. And when we look at the actual uh, culmination, we find in the abbreviated sense that it is uh, the determination that something will become yours. Uh, and then when we look at the, um, uh, the points uh, that are made, the, actually what is needed, uh, and if it is not present, it is not uh, a covetousness, uh, we find these five qualities. And then it says, having a mind that is exceedingly attached to your own resources. So first being attached to what you have. Uh, and then secondly, having a mind that wants to accumulate things. Uh, so one is attached to what one has and then has a mind that wants to accumulate things and then has a longing due to seeing other or experiencing the good things of others. Uh, so one longs for, wants to have their wealth and so forth, wants to have others' things. Uh, and then fourth, having an envious mind and thinking whatever someone else should have, whatever you're envious of, you should have. And then the fifth category, having a mind that is overcome due to covetousness by not having shame and, not, and being oblivious to the fact that you should be free from covetousness. So these are the five points that are made uh, within that category. And if any of the five are present, there's no actual covetousness. So then the next point we're going to get into uh, is how the level of yogic deeds, uh, the, that the level of yogic deeds says to apply these five to all the ten non-virtues, and then it's going to show how uh, the action uh, uh, that seems like covetousness could not be a full-fledged covetousness. Uh, so we'll get into that uh, during the next class. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll be what we're doing. So we're going to end uh, here. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. And we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. To Chana Ram Jai Shada Sabudu. And then there's also the Dalai Lama's uh, teachings. If one is able to listen to them, it's very good to listen to them. Uh, so that... Uh, the the Lamrim, we find the points from the liberation of the palm of your hand, but we really can understand then the Lamrim Chemo, the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Uh, so the Lamrim Chemo, the text is so uh, solid, so important, so full, full. It's a little difficult, but if you go through it in this manner and practice it, it becomes very understandable. It looks like so many center members have become become scholars. It's very good. So, concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer.
The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy the Buddha realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandraba to shine forever. I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru. I, I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rinpoche, Gutsi Shapi Denonang.